Yo, 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 what's good, y'all? It is your boy, Korean John Cusack. We are here live from the whale's vagina. This is the Behind the Baller, the world famous Behind the Baller podcast, brought to you in 8K high Doge Phoenician. I don't give a fuck if crypto is down right now. We up, period, right? This is a Dust Brothers production. I am your host, once again, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. And we aren't going to do no AKAs because today is all about you guys. It is about the fans. I hate using that word, but I call y'all fam. Today is fam questions. We ain't going to say fan questions, right? Like I said, I am in 619. I'm in San Diego. Sorry, AKA the 619. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm going to get fitted today at the kingdom. That is TaylorMade's, you know, palace. By the world famous Trotty, he is the only man who has ever fitted Tiger Woods. I wish um, you guys could be there to see it. I mean, I'm going to videotape and do whatever the fuck I'm, whatever, but wish me luck. Guys, let's get into the motherfucking show. Let's go. You know, I finally connected with Murakami, right? And I was kind of nervous about it. I didn't know how he's going to be. You know, it's been two years since we've seen each other. This man is a legend. Got to hang out. We chopped it up for like an hour. I had a really, really, really unfortunate situation. Just pure stupidity. I, I, I'm, I'm like literally dumbfounded by just the, the fucking asinine behavior. Just the disregard for just intelligence. I just really wonder if it's a, a youth thing, if it's that generational thing. I don't know. But uh, I didn't want to spoil my mom with Murakami. We had a great time chopping it up. I cannot wait to see his show. Um, this is his first solo show at the Broad Museum, downtown Los Angeles, um, stepping on Rainbow's Tail. And uh, I forgot what the other uh, name of the show is, but bottom line, it's Murakami, his first solo show at the Broad. It's a big deal. Right across the street is the Mocha. And 15 years ago, I saw his first show there in L.A., and it was a big fucking deal. You know, the Murakami, uh, Louis Vuitton shit was there. My wife, which wasn't my wife, I didn't even know her then, was there. You know, cop and Murakami, Louis, Louis Vuitton shit. It was crazy. They had stuff that was just whatever. That shit is fucking worth a fortune now, right? But uh, the reason why I'm bringing up the story at all, anyways, um, it's crazy. He goes, oh, you're doing a podcaster now. You know, you're doing podcast. It's good. You know, blah, blah, blah speaking in. You know, I understand all the sentiment and stuff. We're just talking about a bunch of things. We talk about Travis Scott and how he told Travis, he's like, hey, man, you got to clear this up with Ben because, you know, like we have this great relationship going on and things. And, you know, um, we discussed uh, the future collabs. We're going to get going on that. And uh, I'm going to come to Tokyo as soon as I can now. And we're walking through his gallery and it's beautiful, you know, walking through his installation. And he's like, Ben, you know, you're not a podcaster. <laughs> you know, you're an artist. And it meant a lot coming from someone of that level. You know, as you guys have seen from my Instagram post, you know, he, he drew a sketch of me. I was very, very, very honored that this man wrote a sketch of me. This is a big, big fucking deal. But I don't want to take too much time up because, you know, we do have um, fan questions, fam questions, right? But uh, I wanted to talk real quick about this. I don't know if her last name is Griner or is it Greener? Britney Griner situation, you know, with the WNBA, and they're making this big deal about all this stuff and everything else. And you guys have to understand this. I don't give a fuck what color, nothing. And the funny thing is people are like, oh, you sound like you're super right. It's not about that at all. 
I just have to stand firm on this. You have to understand whether you play basketball, whatever the fuck you do, whatever you may do, you hold the U.S. visa. If you are in any country, I don't give a fuck if it's Mexico, if it's a lenient country, London, it don't matter. Don't play. You know, if just because weed is legal here don't mean it's cool there. She's lucky she wasn't in Singapore. She's lucky she wasn't in China because they would have not just, they would have caned her. They would have fucking set her ass on fire. This shit, they don't fuck around. And at the end of the day, it's not about, you know, oh, they're trying to make, you know, a political statement. No, 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 dog. This shit happened with, with a, a white kid over there. They're not fucking around. I'm talking about, in, you know, in Singapore and whatever. They don't play. And especially right now, with what's, what's going on with Russia? Listen, I suggest you guys watch a movie called Return to Paradise. All right. And um, the movie stars Vince Vaughn and Joaquin Phoenix. And they go to a trip to Thailand and uh, or there might have been Malaysia and just some similar shit happened and this motherfucker's life turned upside motherfucking down. All right, it, it was fucking crazy. You know, real quick, I want to talk about some, um, what do you call it? This is a business podcast, right? We're pivoting, we're going all over the place. Um, I'm a little excited because, uh, you know, we haven't done fan questions in a while. But I was just thinking about the term millionaire. Right. And a lot of people still not even millionaires. Right. And they, they live a great life. They live okay. But like, there needs to be at least one or two more terms or come up with a whole new new word to define those people who lie between millionaire and billionaire status. Cause you know, the difference between a million and a billion is is so far money wise, it's literally unfucking believable. And be like, oh, there's so many, but no, there's only a couple thousand billionaires in the world. That's still a lot, but I mean, there's just only a couple. It, it ain't like it's like there's a shit ton. There's a, there's a, I, can't, I don't even know. I never even Googled it. I should do it right now, but I'm not going to because I'm looking at my notes. But like, there's a lot of people that are even in the 50 million. Should be a different term for that. People who are, you know, at 200, 300, 400 million, there should be a different term for that. They're just different levels, okay? And I want to say this. You could be a millionaire and not be rich. And what I mean is you could be living behind your means, whatever it may be. You know, you could have a million dollars in assets, right? But, you know, you're doing whatever and, you know, your kids go to school and you have, you don't really have a shit. You don't really have a lot of liquid cash. You could be, and I don't mean rich. I'm saying, you know, you live okay, but you don't have, like, it's not, you're a millionaire on paper, right? You cannot be a billionaire and not be rich. All right, I don't give a fuck how many yachts, how many fucking uh, jets you have. You can't be a millionaire, a billionaire and not be rich. All right. And I don't mean that on some philosophical shit like, you know, like, oh, you know, you know, wealth is this and money. And, and I, I tend to, you know, I believe some of those terms, right? You know, if you love somebody, that's unlimited wealth. But I'm talking about real shit. You could be a billionaire, you could be a piece of shit, don't matter. I'm talking about the actual Webster's fucking dictionary definition of being rich. If you are a billionaire, there's no way you're not rich. If you're a millionaire, there's a lot of people who are millionaires who are not rich. And that's it. That was that bit right there. Anyways, uh, let's get into these fan questions. Uh, I'm in San Diego. I'm excited. I got to see some people, you know, obviously some dear family. Uh, my nephew, Quinn. Uh, rest in peace, Q. Sort of embarrassed. It's, uh, it's been um, five years since his death. And this is the first time, January 23rd, the day he died, that I didn't visit his grave. Obviously, visit his grave every time I come here. But I haven't been here since um, last year. But uh, I saw his oldest son, Quinn. And as most of you may know, Q is the founder of worldstarhiphop.com and is a very popular website. It is a, you know, at one point it was going to be a billion dollar company, but, um, you know, it's, it's at a hundred million dollar company 
and uh, probably more than that, probably a quarter billion dollar company. And uh, um, Q, the founder, Lee, is my oldest son, London's godfather. And my son actually has, um, actually, you know what? It's none of y'all business. I shouldn't even say that shit. But yeah, I got to chop it up with Quinn. Obviously, I went to Dave and Buster's. Uh, shout out to Dave and Buster's family over there, Dan and Heather, for taking care of me. Obviously, Popeye, uh, very excited for um, this weekend. But yeah, man, um, it, it was dope to see my, my nephew, and we got to chop it up. And every so often, we talk a little bit about what's going on. You know, he's, his little brother is a freshman in high school now. His, his little sister, Asia, is, um, you know, making TikToks and just a lot that's going on in the world. And uh, it was a good sit down and we got to play some games and kick it and everything else. And um, it was really good seeing him. He's, he's really living a good, normal life. He's such a good kid. I mean, um, Q, would be, you would be proud, bro. I, I know you're looking over. Um, your, your son's a, a, an amazing kid. I can't wait for him to come and visit and, and uh, stay with us for a few days. But we're going to jump into some commercials real quick because we're going to get into fan questions. It's been a long time since we've done this. It's been a long, it feels forever. All right, Miles, oh, I don't got to say anything. You got the music already playing. All right, we'll be right back, y'all. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash baller right now. Shopify.com slash baller. BTB Army, I have told you before and I will tell you again, you need to have your money working for you. You could have your dollars tied up in all types of investments, but if you are a sports fan and especially if you are a sports gambler, you need to be rolling with us at Captain Picks. Honestly, we make it so easy for you that you don't need to do anything. You don't even need to know anything about sports to win on the daily and that's no cap. Our expert captains lead our community of winners every single day in sports all around the world. Why are we the best? Because we care. We care about your winnings. We care about your time. We care about dominating and making it fun. Make friends and stack wins. No community in the industry is more knowledgeable. At CaptainPicks.com, we have experts making picks in NBA and NHL playoffs, worldwide soccer leagues, NFL football, MLB parlays, 
live stats, UFC, even rugby, and a lot more. Make money while you work, make money while you sleep. I have been a sports gambler for decades, and our captains have been at this for decades as well. Join us today on the daily, weekly, or monthly packages. If you get the secure recurring subscriptions, there are savings available. Watch your bankroll go up. If you need to start slow, get the daily or weekly with promo code CASHIT, C-A-S-H-I-T, for the buy one, get one free daily or weekly. CaptainPicks.com. Break your bookie's bankroll. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at fam questions. Not fan, but fam. Because I call y'all family. Um, This is uh, the part of the show we were supposed to do once a month. And I think I've missed about two months now. I just realized now. And uh, this is where you guys interview me. You guys ask me questions on the show. Uh, you send the emails to bbdtc213 at gmail.com. And if it's a question I haven't answered and something, whatever, I hope it's not a bunch of gibberish. There's a lot of shit here. There's a couple hundred things here. There might be two parts of fan questions. No cap. I might have to do 50, you know, now or do 100 today and do 100. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out right now as we go along. All right. So um, let's jump right the fuck into it, guys. And if I, you know, obviously mention uh, your question, I will mention your name. All right, here we go. Let's start. Ben, this is Greg Forrest in LA. Thanks for putting the meet and greet together at the Babe store. Really wanted to get a shirt, but uh, had to go to work. Didn't have enough time to wait in line that day. Question one, how did you connect with Dr. Dre when you were a DJ producer? Tell me you don't listen to the podcast. You never listened to the K-Town Hustle series. Uh, I met Dr. Dre DJing at Creek Alley. Um, met him prior to that, you know, um, when he was coming over with Easy e and them at, uh, when, I was, when I was a DJ at Ballistics. But at Creek Alley was when, um, you know, Denzel's uh, Jamaican restaurant with Jack Nicholson uh, is when we became homies and uh, we started working with Sam Snead and all that stuff. And this is during the death row days. Um, question two, what I am paying for when I'm purchasing an Ivan Kojitas piece fully bust on for $9,000 opposed to going Hill Street Jewelers? Um, you're asking me what the difference is. Okay, one, uh, we have an original Jesus mold. Two, that's a, a bite. Three, you're getting quality product. Do you know what I mean? You ain't got to worry about no, you know, you can look at it and you're going to see it's going to be 58.5%, you know, gold, legit. You're not buying a 10K piece. And we make, obviously, we offer them an 18 karat because that's what we usually do. But it is the original Jesus piece. You know what I'm saying? This is the OG mold. Saying some fucking, you know, some half-ass shit where, you know, we own the patent to fucking micro Jesus piece. We own the patent to a couple different Jesus piece things. So that right there should set alone. It's like saying like, hey man, you know, I'm buying these Yeezy boots and then boom, what do I do? You know, if I'm getting these Yeezy things from, you know, uh, from uh, Old Navy. Come on, dog. Stop the cap. Uh, Stephen J writes, oh Ben, do I have a story question for you? Longtime fan here. Moved to LA, Studio City one year ago. Been listening to your podcast from the start. Never missed an episode. Your advice and recommendations helped me navigate through the city. I've been with my wife for four years, married two. She's in the military. She recently went on deployment overseas for two months. I found out she had an affair with one of her superiors. They told each other that they love each other and did the deed multiple times. She said it was a mistake and wants to work things out. Leaving out the details for time's sake, but I'm a mess. What do you think? Holy shit, Stephen. I am not going to lie to you. Me and my wife have had a lot of issues. Never, ever has it been infidelity. So with that said, 
four years is not a very long time. Two years married is quick. Um, you know, Stephen, I, I, you know, what I personally think is, you know, um, she's deployed and that happens to one of superiors, you know, it's just, you know, it's something that, I mean, is it going to happen again? You, you know, you, you don't know that, right? I mean, it, this is a couple's counseling thing. I'm not a professional. I'm just going to give you my personal opinion. Men cheat a lot, but don't ever get it fucked up. Women cheat just as much and they're 10 times sneakier. I'm not here to diss women at all whatsoever, but I knew this one a long time ago. Women are very, very sneaky. They will hide. Women, men can't keep a secret. Women can keep secrets like crazy. If you guys were just dating, if you guys were just engaged, you know, there'd be some things to discuss, right? And, you know, it wouldn't be no harm, no foul. You guys did the deed, you know, holy matrimony. Uh, bro, I couldn't think about it no more. You know what I mean? People get past it. People have gone past it. I don't know where you are with it. I don't know where she is with it, you know, with her mindset. But um, they say they love each other, bro. She's telling you it's a mistake and wants to work things out. You got to dig deep, man. If you have kids, I would say give it a run again and maybe go seek some professional help. If you got no kids, Steven, dog, you got to shake, bro. I mean, again, that, this is just my, this is what I would do. All right, good luck with that, bro. And God damn, that was a fucking question. Holy shit. Uh, Adam Diamond writes, you ever going to do anything for your BTB Army or super followers in Canada? You plan on coming to Canada? You ever been to Winnipeg? Visit at least every city. Another question, do you still wear LRG? Uh, RIP Jonas. Am I going to do anything for my BTB Army and super followers in Canada? You know what, man? If I did, it might be in Vancouver because that's probably the city in Canada that I frequent the most. I would say I've been there, what, maybe three, four times in this decade. Um, I have been to Winnipeg before and I've been to Edmonton before because I tried out for the CFL. And I talked about it in uh, my, my K-Town Hustle series, I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, no, I've been to Quebec. I mean, I'm sorry. I've been to Toronto. I've been to Montreal. Um, I haven't been to, you know, every city here and there. But, you know, I, Canada's dope. I love Canada. It, it just, it's fucking like America, just a little bit more conservative. Uh, do I still wear LRG? I do not. Um, my man, Sean Witherspoon, has just got hired on to do a big collaboration with them. And he's been picking my brain and he really wants me to be involved in this. And it's not about the money. I just don't want to be involved. It's kind of a crazy thing, but I've been thinking about Jonas a lot lately and I always think about him. So thank you, Adam Diamond. It's a good question, man. Pretty good questions. Uh, the Red Smurphy writes, hey, Ben, my name is Nick Higby. Much love from Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the skyline, Chile. Big fan of the show. Thank you for all the free game. My question to you is, what are some of your favorite concert venues in the U.S. or world where you have been and seen a show at? I heard you talk early episode about the tour with Tiesto and traveling the world and also watching concerts online. I think where you see a concert makes a big difference. I hope to go to more concerts now that COVID is away. Thank you. You know what, bro? The last time I went to a bunch of arenas across the country was in the 90s when I was touring with Faith Evans and Redman and Keith Murray. I can't tell you names that really, you know, the Haitian Day Parade when I saw the Fugees in Miami was like one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my entire life. At the same time, the Fugees at the House of Blues, which no longer exists in Hollywood, was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Seeing Tupac at the House of Blues with the entire Death Row showcase was one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, couple shows, David Guetta 
Winter Music Conference, night 2008 in Miami. It was fucking amazing. Um, was it at fucking Cameo? I forgot where the fuck it was. I'm, I'm so... Or was it at Mansion? Mansion was a great venue. Now, for remember, nightclubs and arenas are two different things. I can't speak on a lot of the more recent things. I was never a big fan of EDC, was never a big fan of Coachella, and I never really saw a great show at Coachella. I'm sorry, I just gotta be real with you. But as far as outdoor venues, the Irvine Amphitheater, I've seen some amazing shows there. Drake Summer 16 at O2 Arena in Manchester was pretty fucking amazing. Um, the Forum, great place to watch concerts. And I'm only mostly talking about LA because it's just so easy. You know, I can't really think of too many places. You know, I've seen a concert at United Center. Um, it was cool. Uh, maybe I'm being biased. Some of the greatest concerts I've ever seen in my entire life probably be um, at uh, Madison Square Garden. Obviously, you know, that's the, the one of the greatest fucking um, arenas in the world. And uh, I've seen some some shows at Gelding Gate Park. I've seen some shows at Central Park. I'm trying to think of what else sits out. You know, these small little club venues, they're cool. Some of them are all right, like the Novo, which is really not that small. Microsoft Theater's cool. I'm just trying to think of where the sound was just spectacular. You know, the Roxy was cool. There's some good sound there. But, like, I don't know, man. I mean, I think the House of Blues, I think some of the Vegas venues I saw, you know, at the Hard Rock were pretty fucking amazing, but I can't think off the top of my head because I'm just like not, you know, I'm not really going out like that anymore. But those are the ones that are prominent in my head. I'm sorry, I wish I could have been more uh, helpful. Uh, Sean Nero writes, yo, Ben, Sean from Oakland here. Where are a few hidden gem vacation spots in Cali that you would recommend? Man, um, Ventanas in Carmel, fucking amazing. Um, very, 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 very expensive. Uh, 4th of July in San Diego, not necessarily a hidden gem. It's impossible to get a fucking room. If you could come here in San Diego where I'm at right now and watch 4th of July and watch the Big Bay Boom, it is amazing. If you get a fucking ocean view, a bay view from either the Maria Marquise, the Hilton uh, downtown or the Manchester Grand Hyatt is really one of the best views. But you could go outside and watch the fireworks show, and it's fucking amazing. Uh, what else? Uh, I mentioned Big Sur already. Uh, Napa Valley is turned up big time. There are some really nice places in Santa Barbara, low-key. Trying to think of hidden gems again. You know what, man? We went camping in Joshua Tree, and it was a lot of fun. I'm not exactly sure what you mean. I don't know what kind of budget you're talking about. But like hidden gems, you know, it's tough. There's no hidden gems in LA. I'll tell you that right now. There's definitely not a hidden gem in LA where you're going to sit there. Let me, unless you go to the Hotel Bel Air and you end up, you know, somehow, some way, you could get yourself into the hotel. I mean, the Bel Air Country Club. There are some bed and breakfasts that are in Malibu that are kind of hidden. You can't really get I me. Mean, I, I think, you know, it, it pains me to say this, but you're going to get so much more bang for your buck in Laguna Beach and in Newport Beach than you will in Malibu you know, overall, but, um, vacation spots, you know, I don't know what kind of budget you're talking about. You know, if you're talking about beach, California sun and everything, shit, man, I take Pelican Hill over taking the Beverly Hills hotel, you know, but then you're not going to have the same type of visuals as you will in Beverly Hills, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, San Francisco is always good. Of course, Ghirardelli Square, there's a Fairmont, uh, and again, these are expensive spots, you know, there's, there's a couple hidden little small little gems here and there, you know, you'd have to do more research via travel advisor, 
But I'm just telling you right now, like Big Sur is definitely, you know, it, it, there's a reason why it's so dope. Um, Cannery Row and going to Monterey, it's all right there in that area. And it's really beautiful. And you could get a lot done there. You can do some camping. You could do, you know, uh, all kinds of shit. Obviously, if you play golf, it's fucking heaven. Jonathan CO writes, what's good, Hung? Young, it's been uh, good seeing you at the Bape Drop and the PMO Quick Strike. Thank you for the merch you hooked me up with. I was just wondering if there's going to be a drop, LA SoCal drop for the BBDTS Kelly Green 47 box fan. Benny, love the podcast. What you doing for Koreans? Um, there is going to be a Kelly Green 47 box fan Benny drop. I'm thinking about doing it at um, Maywood Cookies. Thinking about doing it at Lemonade Van Nuys. I got a couple spots I have not hit up yet and maybe Cookies uh, Woodland Hills. So definitely, Jonathan, um, I appreciate the support. And uh, what's the next question? Here we go. Welcome home, LLC. Uh, I'm sorry, his name is Luis. Hey, Ben, big fan. My name is Luis Ramos, 25 from New York, New Jersey. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Why don't you tell me how tall you are? I'm just joking. Uh, my question is, knowing how much you value your family and your peace, my question is, what's your goal at the end of the day? What exactly what you would like the world to remember you by when it's your time to go? Throughout all the success you've accumulated, what feels the most worth it in terms of your accolades that you've acquired? It's a very good fucking question because the way you worded it was incredible. Fuck the jewelry that I've made, right? At the end of the day, I want people to know that not only was I successful, but I was able to manage being a dad, being a good husband, and, you know, um, most importantly, just, just really being able to be a father to my kids. No offense to Elon Musk or any of these other people. From what I know personally, from people that I've talked to, from you know, um, Bill Gates and other people, they've been in their lives, but they haven't. Of course, you know, it's fucking impossible when you have an empire like that. You know, it's, you got nannies running your life and certain things. And I'm not going to put other people on blast, but what I'd like to be remembered for as a entrepreneur and, and, and what it is, um, is that I did it in a time when no Asian was doing what I was doing. I did it in a time in the hip hop when there were, a handful. Now understand that word handful. That means, you know, five. If you're talking about two handfuls, you're talking about 10. You know, you're talking about a thousand, if not more in the music industry. And there was a handful of Asians in the business. And I was able to make this shit happen with Jay-Z and Master P and, and, and some of these big groups and Dr. Dre. I want to be remembered for holding it down for the yellow people. You know what I'm saying? for the people who didn't come up with nepotism. Want to be remembered for creating a brand, you know, previous to social media. I want people to remember me for being Ben Baller before Instagram ever was created, before any social media was created, you know. But it'd be important for sure that people understand that I made it cool to do something else than become an actor, you know, do something else than become a rapper, do something else than be a fucking, you know, anything than the obvious, right? I did something totally different, something I didn't even fucking even, like a jeweler, what? You know, and I turned that into a global brand. And that's what I'd love to be remembered for. Luis from New Jersey, man, great question. Thank you so much for that. Fan question from Patricia Bravo. Do you have any special methods to counter procrastination Patricia that is a fucking excellent question and I'm going to disappoint you 
I do not have any methods to cure or counter procrastination because I am the procrastinator of all procrastinators, okay? (laughs) I was always the kid that did homework the day before it was done, sometimes the day of. I was always the guy who shopped for a present the week of, the day of, when it came to those type of things. When it came to big projects and work, I had no choice but to get shit started. It's different. Uh, Now I procrastinate less because I realize I don't have much time. So I'd like to get it done immediately and not waste time. But the only thing I can think of is the rewards, whether that be a Rolex, a Lamborghini, something. I don't know anything that thinks of, you know, more time with my kids, that's a reward. And I just try to think of the reward. I don't think of the task at hand. Uh, That's the best advice I got for you. Question from Los. What is your favorite Jordan 3 if you had to pick one? Who is your favorite baseball player of all time? One of my real moments with you was 08. I was at a random night spot in LA and I had a Mariner link uh, color chain that I had brought out for the first time and I spotted you and I made sure to shake your hand and show you my respect and you complimented the chain and said nice piece that made my night um, I've been a supporter for many years we'll continue to support you keep doing you real BTB Army fan Carlos Prado from the Bay Area um, my favorite Jordan 3 of all time is going to be the black cement there is no two ways about it there is a green uh, cement shoe that I love I'm sorry you know what let me back that the fuck up The Oregon Green 3 might be my favorite Jordan 3 of all time. The Black Cement is one of my favorite shoes of all time. But that new Oregon Duck Tinker Jordan 3 is just something about that green and that cement is just so cold. Fucking love it. My favorite baseball player of all time is Fernando Valenzuela. And I know it's old, so it's super, super old school. If we had to think of something, someone more new, man, this is painful to say this, man, but I'd have to think, uh, you know, I've always admired Ken Griffey Jr. Been my dude, man. And uh, much love to you, Carlos. Ivan Martin writes, how do you become a super follower on Twitter? I see no options to become one. Bro, Google is your friend. Google super follower on Twitter. And if you go to my profile, go to my actual profile, and you follow me, I'm sure you can see it right there. It should be right there in my profile. That was a super fast question, but it is what it is. Question for a BTB podcast, gifts for the family. Um, hey, Ben, longtime fan from the East Coast. My question is, how can someone send you something like gifts for your family? I have these uh, balaclavas. Is that how you pronounce that? I never even knew how to pronounce that shit. Them fucking uh, ski masks. Handmade in Baltimore, Maryland, my hometown. I'm a first-generation Korean-American. I've been rocking with you since you were going... Uh, Showing I style G shocks at your desk at YouTube. Uh, just want to write, write, find the right channel. Um, you know what? For anybody who wants to send me anything, because people send fans, you know, stuff all the time, DM the at Ben Baller pod page and Jordan Winter will get back to you and let you know where to send stuff. I don't know why I included that into the episode, but why not? Why the fuck not? Uh, Joaquin Ortiz writes Jack from San Diego. Hey, Ben. I love how golf is a topic now. My question is, what type of par do you like? Par three with the short skill challenge or par four, par five with the big drive and some mid-game challenge? By the way, if you get rid of your old clubs, hit me up, yo. Um, I mean, bro, of course I'm gonna love a par three, bro. You know, it's just like simple, you know? 
I'm not there yet to where I love a challenge that crazy. You know what I'm saying? When you hit a fucking par five and, you know, it's, it's ends up being a bitch. Par four is nothing crazy. Par four and three are not too far apart. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, right now, you know, I'm beginning. So, you know, par three is a little easier on me and it helps me get to the par four and five. You know, I'm still just getting it going. I just played at Coronado today. Uh, Municipal It's pretty cool. Fan question. Um, Joe from Toronto writes, Ben, I'm in my car all day for work. Long drives are better when free game is being thrown at you. Question, tell me a crazy DJ AM story. I'm sure there are plenty. I will tell you a crazy fucking DJ AM story. Wow. You know what? I'm so fucking mad. I can't remember her name. But I'm going to tell you a crazy DJ AM story. There was a porn star who was fucking hot. This was probably circa, I think she existed between 1998 and like 2004, 2005. I cannot remember her name for the life of me right now. She was fucking hot. And DJ AM, Fat AM, Fat Adam Goldstein made a sex tape. Not only did he make a sex tape, he edited music into it. He threw some Barry White. It was, you know, he was just like, do 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 Doom, 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 doom. It was fucking crazy. That shit was insane. This motherfucker was getting his dick sucked, um, was hitting this bitch back shots, and this bitch was a famous, you know, uh, she was a semi. I want to tell you on a, on a 10, this chick was an eight in porn stars, and it wasn't like porns now, you know what I mean? Ain't no porn hub back then. This was a different level, and he had like a good 15, 20 minute porn star, a homemade. Uh, you know, porn tape. It was fucking crazy. He had a crazy sex tape. He had editing. He was doing, you know, swipes and, and like, he had like, I don't know if he was using fucking, no, we are, were we, were we on PCs back then? I forgot. Yeah, we think we were on PCs. It was hilarious. That was a crazy fucking story I've never told. That motherfucker has a sex tape out there. I probably still got it. I know Homicide got it, but yeah, that is as crazy as you, nobody can get a crazier story than that. Master Johnson, um, MJ, uh, writes fan question top five moments in your life kaya's birth london's birth writer's birth my wedding i I don't know i can't think of uh too many more you know what i'm saying (laughs) i think going to the bank and seeing that million for the first time that was a pretty big moment um that that's off the top of my head right now, and I don't want to take too much time up. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get this shit cracking. Reagan Cambia writes, What up, Manong Ben? Okay, so my boy is Filipino. My name is Reagan. I'm from Tacoma, Washington. I was wondering if they ever told you who won the Dodge 25-8 contest because your boy right here won because you were the rep. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on one second. Do you guys remember I gave away a motherfucking $100,000 Hellcat? Yeah, because your boy won right here, won because you were the rep I put down when I signed up for the sweepstakes. I decided to go with the Dodge Charger jailbreak. I can't wait to get the car, and I'm the only person I know who has actually won one of these damn things. I wanted to hit you up and let you know that someone from the BTB Army got it, and thank you for being a part of that. I probably wouldn't have ever won it if I didn't see your post back in November. Would be dope to meet the Wash Lord someday, P.S. Random, but is there some way to get some stickers from you? I got to rep the Army and at the range, and I slapped that right on my ammo can. Thanks again. Holy shit. Holy motherfucking shit. Can we get some fucking air horns right now, Miles? 
Miles, throw the air horns right now. Throw all the horns. Throw the emergency podcast sirens. Yo, a fucking BTB Army member won that sweepstakes last year. This is fucking huge. I got goosebumps. This is fucking crazy. He won a hundred fucking thousand dollar Dodge fucking Charger. Holy shit. Congrats, bro. Reagan, send me another motherfucking email. I'm probably going to reply to this. Holy shit. Salute. I'm definitely sending you some stickers. Un-fucking-believable. Wow. I'm flabbergasted right now. That is, let me drink some water live on the fucking show. That shit took, I almost got cotton mouth. I was so fucking excited. Dude, congrats. Holy crap. BTB fan questions. Um, Kenneth Jung writes, what's up, Ben? Big fan of the BTB podcast. I'm from the Bay Area. I go to school at Cal State Long Beach. Love listening to the podcasts on my drives from the Bay um, and Long Beach. I was curious if you would offer some kind of internship opportunity. Bro, I was going to delete this question. No, not like that, just because, you know, I'm trying to give people more exciting questions and stuff. Um, I've offered internships a couple times. I do them. Um, there's been interns that, that I've hired. It's funny you say this. I actually need an intern this weekend, which is fucking crazy. It's probably too short a notice. <laughs> but it's more so, you know, um, with intern work, you know, it's more so like assistant work. And um, interns that have come around, uh, they found better jobs. Um, they didn't want to leave, but because the stories and shit and just cracking up and I think hanging out, I think they fell in love with my kids and fell in love with the dogs and stuff like that. But um. Yeah, you know, I'll definitely let people know, but I definitely need a fucking intern this weekend for fucking Ryder's birthday. God damn. Uh, Hamoudi TV writes, what's good, man? This is, a- okay, my bad. This is Ahmad from the 312, uh, Town. What moment in your life do you feel like you wanted to quit but didn't? What happened after? Uh, much love, Ben. Please get back to the shy. What moment did I want to quit and I didn't? There's got to be a lot of fucking moments. Um, you know what? When I got my ass kicked at Cal and I realized I couldn't perform on a Division One football level and I thought I was so fucking good and I thought I was so strong, I finally was just getting, like I, was, I felt like I was getting myself together and I was getting absolutely fucking blasted. You know, I, I couldn't hit a tight end hard enough. It was, you know, I was getting killed. I decided, you know, fuck it. Let, let me transfer to a Division II school. And um, ended up working out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, shit, dude. I tried out for a fucking semi... Well, no, that's not semi-pro. That's professional football. I mean, Doug Flutie fucking played in the CFL. Um, I think had I been... No, you know what, man? I'm not even going to cap. It, it, it was not going to happen. I wasn't going to go pro. If anything, you know, um, going pro overseas basketball-wise, you know, could have been something, but football wouldn't. But uh, on a more recent thing... When I got to 210 pounds, and that was, you know, big for me because I was actually, recently I did that, but I'm talking about in 2008 when I was just sitting lean and just really really unhealthy and just like in the hospital for, you know, uh, drug abuse and shit like that. When I started hiring, uh, I hired a really big trainer, right? Um, He's the Lakers, uh, you know, trainer. He's a super famous guy named Gunnar Peterson. I just realized, I was like, this isn't going to work, man. I need to figure out a way to really get there and maximize every fucking dollar and really take this serious. And I thought about giving up. I worked out really hard for like two or three months and shit didn't pan out. 
I met this dude named Adam Goldston. And, uh, you know, I went from 210 to like 207. And the guy's like, don't look at the scale. Scale's not going to tell you. I was like, nah, fuck all that bullshit. Fuck you. You know, <laughs> no offense. But, you know, within uh, 81 days, I dropped 53 pounds. And I didn't give up. It was, it was uh, you know, just I just kept with it. And then there were some hacks, you know, and, and, and that's the only thing I could really think of besides the football thing. And I was, you know, sorry. Alex Robles writes, uh, Ben, huge fan since day one. Congrats on all that you got going on. My question to you is, when are you going to do that Dodger game, right, Phil Pavilion, just for us BB, BTB listeners? Um, my name is Alexis uh, Robles from Echo Park. Hey, bro, I've been talking about it a lot in my super follower section. I know it's different for you because uh, you're, you're a podcast listener. And I got to show the same love. It is going to happen. It's so crazy. I'm watching a commercial right now. My man, Mr. Cartoon, pops up and, you know, repping that Dodger shit. Um, I'm thinking like August, September, towards the playoffs. Uh, we'll do that right side pavilion, uh, all you can eat seats. Um, I got to figure out the rate, do group pricing, and then from there, um, figure out how to Venmo or how to PayPal, you know, buy the tickets, we'll do a group rate and do the discount shit and we'll figure out stuff and I'll have some giveaways and stuff. And that's how I did it with the Nike talk and everything else. Um, that's how we do it with BTB, the SF, uh, super followers. It's a different situation. Uh, Taro California writes, Hey Ben, top five favorite chicken sandwiches ever. Much love. Have a blessed day. Um, fuck me in the ass. Imagine someone listening to the podcast right now and you're like somewhere public and you hear that me saying that. Um, my cousin used to hate that shit. And I was like, man, fuck me. And he's like, what the people think we're gay and blah, blah, whatever. Um, I cannot think of that chicken food truck in Los Angeles. Oh my God, it's going to drive me absolutely crazy right now. My boy John Buscemi is involved. My boy Wolf. Um, fuck. Oh my God, I cannot believe it. It is a popular streetwear chicken. It's always at Complex Con. It was always at the agendas. I can't remember. That's got to be my favorite chicken sandwich for sure. Um, Raisin Cane's doesn't have a chicken sandwich, so I can't give that one up. Um, who else has a great fucking chicken sandwich? Zaxby's has a really, really good chicken sandwich. Um, who fucking else? Sorry, guys, I'm gonna be real with you. KFC, Popeyes, those just ain't gonna cut it. That ain't gonna make it. Um, no fucking, uh, no, I'm sorry. Chick-fil-A is not gonna make it. Um, any of those other fast food spots are not gonna fucking make it. God damn it, I can't think of what the fuck that one place was called, man. It had that coleslaw. That bitch was fucking delicious. Um, Taro, I fucking figured it out. Free range, um, food truck. It's a, uh, God damn it. I can't remember fucking my boy Wolf's name, man. It's going to drive me fucking nuts. Anyways, free range LA is my favorite fucking chicken sandwich that I've had. I would say Howlin' Ray's is right there next to it. Um, Birdie's amazing fucking chicken sandwich. Who else has a fucking super fucking good chicken sandwich? I'm trying to think. Fuck man. This is so fucking embarrassing. But the chicken sandwich in fucking McDonald's in Paris is fucking so goddamn good, bro. <laughs> this is terrible. Fuck. Who else? Yo, the chicken katsu sando at fucking Tot is top tier. I've taken too much fucking time as it is, man. But thanks for that question. That was, that was a good fucking question. Um, 
Nigel Dumont writes, what's good, Ben? Big fan of yours and your hustle. Just curious to know what you would tell your younger 28-year-old self. I'm currently living in the Midwest and just had my first child. Got a decent career path, um, but low-key, I want more out of life. I dabble in crypto, got a little side hustle going on doing graphics, but nothing seems to hit yet. This industry is mad shady, LOL. Also, my girl is Filipino. She's a huge fan of your show. We listen to the podcast some days while we're in the car. We relate to a lot of shit that you be talking about. Peace, Nigel. Um, Dude, you know, congrats on your first child. Um, You know, you work in IT. Uh, I'm not really big on, you know, in, in computers and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, in the crypto thing is, you know, obviously it, it's a strange thing. Side hustles are always good. I think, you know, everyone always needs graphics. It just sucks because, you know, people are like, I want to shout out this and that. It just, and then shout out don't end up panning out. You know, at 28, that was um, 2001, I had just started saving money. In 2001, I just, beca- I think 2001 was the first time, and I was selling drugs back then. So, you know, I don't suggest you fucking selling drugs, you know what I'm saying? But that was the first time I had $6,000 saved. But the crazy thing is I was making good money from DJing. I had a fucking Benz, I had a Lexus, I had Escalade, I had cars, you know, but I was living way beyond my means. You know, you're supporting a family. I mean, if you can stack, I don't know what your situation is like. You know, I need to know a little bit more about yourself. But if there is some way, if you guys both work, if one of you guys could stack and then from there... You know, we could talk about playing with some investments. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, dude, sounds crazy, sounds stupid. If Tesla drops to $700, I might invest a million dollars into it, you know? And this is not stock advice. I'm just letting you know, like, it's Tesla in the long run has always done very well for me. Um, I don't know what else you're good at. You obviously do computer stuff. I wish you could do graphics for us. I, I don't really know, you know? Um, that's a tough thing to tell somebody. You know, I, I wish I had a better answer to give you, you know, um, but shit, anything you can do on the side always helps. But again, um, you know, cut down any fucking expenses. You know, you know, your kid don't need to be in fucking Jordans, all that shit. That shit don't even matter until they're like fucking, at the super earliest, it doesn't even matter until like fucking they're eight. To your kids, eight. None of that shit matters, man. You could have your kid could be fresh to death from H&M, bro. Just letting you know, coming from a motherfucker who's worth some millions. Uh, Sonny writes, what's up, Ben? Day one listener of the pod. I got two questions. What are your thoughts on CBD diamonds for engagement rings? I have done research and understand that there's no chemical difference between a natural and a CBD. And they have even did an eye test with comparing the two and could not see a visible difference. I'm planning on proposing to my girlfriend soon and I'm leaning towards the CBD just because of cost efficiency and have money towards the wedding, buying a house instead. My girlfriend says she doesn't care which way I go as long as the ring looks good. Just wanted your opinion on it. Second, you always mentioned on the pod that you're engaged to a girl before your current wife, Nicolette. What happened was the reason to the fallout. Was there a last straw situation that happened? Also, how long were you guys dating engaged before you called it off? One, I am not a fan of CBDs. They look good. It's because of what I do for a living. It's, it, it goes in against everything I believe in in the diamond business. Now, there's definitely a cost situation that's cool. The thing about the CBD is the resale value is not going to be there. So if you're buying something for $10,000 that if it was a real diamond, it might have been maybe twenty five grand or something, it's still ten grand. you are not going to get that ten grand back, whereas on that twenty five on engagement ring, it, you're almost sure going to get that money back. It's a tough thing. It's up to you. I'm not a big fan of CBDs. I personally can't tell the difference, and I'm a jeweler by the eye. No jeweler can. They're lying to you if they tell you that. 
but you know they do hit if your wife doesn't care your girl your wife to be doesn't care hey bro do what you know fits you best you know don't let me stop you from anything second uh yes i was engaged uh before i had a girlfriend um we were together for we got engaged pretty quick we were together for about two and a half years I want to say that we had a really good relationship for two and a half years. She was a supermodel. And uh, the reason why we called it off is because she caught me cheating. And the crazy thing is we were so connected so well that over a phone call from Germany, she knew I was going um, ham at a little John video. I think I talked about it. Uh, maybe in the Kate Honestor series three is where I would probably get into. I think, did I get into, I don't remember if I got into when I made my first million and stuff, we broke up. Um, but yeah, that was it. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, uh, we were engaged and we were semi-planning a wedding and there was a lot going on in our life and she went through a major change. It's crazy. You know, she has kids now. She's married. Um, I'm sorry. She's not married. She is separated, but she's got kids and, and, uh, it's a trip. You know, it, it is what it is, Sonny. <laughs> All right, thanks. Ben Baller fan question. Matthew Anderson writes, Mr. Baller Love from Denver. You are a gifted uh, storyteller and have the crispiest sound and audio in the game. The pod is ideal mixed level entrepreneurship and business, three culture, sports, cars, all the inside view from a true celebrity and cultural icon. I've got a Rolex question for you. Thank you for the kind words. Get to the question. My bad. Uh, how much money should someone have saved prior to scooping a luxury watch in your mind? My grill watch is a Submariner day date, uh, 14K. I'm 29. I have $300,000 saved, 100 in stock market, 201K. I've been tempted for a few years, but now I just can't get over the fact that 14K in the stock market would be a much better investment than a piece of jewelry. You should tell the story of your first Rolex. Did you get it with the BMW from Dre? I did. It was not a, a date date. Um, by the way, you said a Submariner date date. It's just a Submariner date. You, you completely threw me off. Um, and you said 14K. I don't know what you're talking about. Are uh, you talking about a gold Submariner date? You know, um, it would be 18K. Now, let me tell you something. The watch I had was a Datejust and had a dime bezel and it was, it was stainless steel. I'm going to tell you this right now. $300,000 saved, you have 100,000 in the stock market, you have 200k in your 401k. I would not that to me doesn't exist. I don't know if that makes any sense. You have $300,000 saved in 100,000 stocks, 200. How much cash do you have? That's the big question. Now, if you had 300,000 cash, I would say go get the watch if you can get it for retail. If you can't get it for retail, don't buy the watch. Period. This is the absolute worst time to buy a fucking Rolex. It is not the time to buy a Submariner. And the thing with the Submariner, you know, the retail price for Submariner is like probably like a, a, a gold, you know, date Submariner is probably, by the way, all gold Submariners have dates. It's like $38,000, right? You can go to, um, um, wow, I cannot fucking believe that I fucking forgot the website that I use, like I've been using forever. I've bought like 50 watches from there. My, my, I'm really getting old. Anyways, if you can get a watch somewhere in the 20s for a solid gold Submariner, I'd go for it. doesn't matter if you have a savings or not. You're going to get your money back. If anything, you'll get all your money back. That's not a, if you have a job and you have money in stocks and, three, three, you know, and, and you have money in a 401k, cool. If you could buy a Rolex, a gold or rose gold Rolex at retail or less, you're going to be okay. 
you're, you're good. Do that. Other than that, don't buy a fucking Rolex right now. It's the worst time to do it. Patrick Rockenbach. Big Pat, that's my dog. Hey, Ben, everyone goes through tough times. It's hard to manage things that goes on in our lives. You share that. You have a lot of on your plate right now. How do you deal with stress? Do you have any go-to items to help you cope, uh, Patrick? Um, I mean, you're older than me. You live more life than me, but obviously you probably don't have the workload that I got. Not that it's taking any disrespect towards you at all. Um, you know what? I do find a lot of, of peace and um, calmness and on a golf course, when I am playing golf or when I'm hitting a golf club, you know, even though I'm stressed about not getting doing well, I don't think about anything else. I'm just thinking about golf. It's probably the only thing right now that I could think of. It used to be taking a drive, but even that could drive me crazy because, you know, maybe my ulcerative colitis would fucking drive me nuts and whatever. But definitely taking a good drive uh, when there's no traffic somewhere. And, you know, um, I used to hit the canyons and that was a big thing. But hitting golf balls, man, you know, it's definitely. A game changer, and I'm totally fucking serious. Uh, Asuke Tanioka writes, Hey, Ben, day one listener. Appreciate all the game. I've been a fan for a while. I remember the YouTube series you had. There was an episode where you're getting tattooed by the GOAT cartoon. Once you go video, I'd love to see a tattoo tour, or as you say, a ghetto timeline tour for BB. My question is this. If London writer or Kaya ask for a tattoo before they turn 18, are you going to take them... Um, and are you and Nick aligned? There is no motherfucking way Nicolette is letting any of those kids get tattooed before 18. Um, depending on what it was, I'd let them get tattooed. I'm not tripping. I'd even help the kids like figure it out. Um, if it was something small and cool, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, you know, like, you know, related to the age, you know, or like the, the, the date of birth or maybe, you know, like initials of the family. I don't know. I would totally be down with it. I'm not tripping, man. I, I think that's, I'm cool with all that. Any kind of big tattoos and stuff and like anything else, man, I don't want my, my kids are actually handsome. You know, my boys are handsome. My, my daughter's beautiful. I, I'm, I don't want them fucking up their shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I did it cause you know, it, was, it just, nah, I don't want them to do that. Sometimes when I see really good looking people, like even like a good looking guy, straight up, I'm being dead honest. I feel like the tattoos, like, come on, bro. Like, it just, it don't fit you. You know, it just don't work sometimes. Like, you know, you see like tattoos on Kobe, rest in peace. You know, tattoos are bad. Some of LeBron's tattoos are really bad. Some people's tattoos are good. Some people are just, I don't know. Like, if you're just like a, I'm trying to think of like, like Brad Pitt might have a small little thing, but you don't, they're going to see a fucking, you know, big tattoos on that dude. Like Timothy Chalamet, you're not going to see tattoos on guys like that. I don't know, man. It's just a, Something about that, you know, but of my kids, I don't know. It's, I'd be down with it. Uh, Steve Gerson writes, Hood morning, Ben. No typo. Two-part question. What's your favorite manual transmission that you've ever driven? Um, next, when it came to aftermarket suspension, what was your preferred choice, whether it was a true KW variant three coilover or were you a lowering spring adjustable shock kind of guy? Um, uh, Mr... Steve, I guess, right? Okay. Um, my favorite manual transmission that I've ever driven, I would say my 06 Murcielago. You know, a lot of people think that my Carrera GT was the ultimate manual transmission. I actually hated that fucking car. And the thing is, you know, no one really drives manual transmissions anymore. So if you have a CGT now, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a novelty. It's you don't really drive stick like that. So you'll deal with that high shift knob and that feeling. But I just didn't like the clutch. I didn't like anything in it. Um, 
I had a Gallardo, a Lambo in a 07, and um, it had manual transmission. It just didn't, it, I didn't like the way the clutch was on that. Um, Lambo had the clutch, you know, where it releases at the end, not in the beginning. It's kind of, it just, if that makes any sense to you, you know, just the heel toe on that car just didn't give it to me. You know, um, for an American car, 5.0 1990 Mustang, whether it be the GT 5.0 or the LX Fastback, you know, or the hatchback, love that fucking clutch. Driven a competition clutch on that thing, fucking great car. But my gated uh, Lamborghini Murcielago is definitely my favorite. Um, as far as uh, suspension choice, I'm going to take the KW variant that we coil over all day over the lower springs with the adjustable shocks. Um, Coilover is just like the seamless ride, man. There's, there's no question about it. Korean VJ Singh, love the podcast. I almost feel through the podcast. I feel a sense of community and a strong, I strongly believe that you are trying your best to give out the big homie guidance because more now than ever, they need it. My question to you is, do you want to play golf with me? Pick an LA course and I'll cover the round. Don't get too cute with the upper echelon shit. I started playing two years ago before the pandemic. I'm hooked. Have a blessed day. Theo of 92.3 from the beat. Joseph, your question is not a question for the BTV Army. <laughs> I'm going to let it slide. Would I want to play golf with you? Sure. Would I have the time? I have no idea. I think it'd be more so of somewhere where I'm playing and you jump in. Um, I am in discussion of, a, of doing a, a small tournament, you know, scramble style, and uh, that's just seemed to be popular. The real issue is getting tea time. That's the only thing. Covering around is not a big deal, bro, especially at a municipal court. I'm not really tripping on that. It's not, that's not the issue. It's really finding a place that has tea time and you ain't got to worry about waiting and shit like that. That's really the issue at hand here. But thank you, Joseph. I appreciate your question. Um, real quick, guys, I got to say this real quick. I am definitely 100% going to have to do fan questions part two for uh, the weekend wrap up Monday's episode. This is too crazy. This is way too much shit. We're almost, uh, we're at 45 minutes or so right now. And I'm going to answer some more questions, but we're definitely going to have to do a part two. Just letting you guys know right now. All right. Brandon Pippen writes, what's up, BB? This is Brandon Pippen um, on IG and Twitter. I hope uh, all is well with your family. My question is about the 488 Pista. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Out of the 488 Pista, the 911 Turbo S and the 720S, what was the best overall performing car? Interesting. 720S is a very, very fast car. It handles incredibly well. It, and you're just talking about overall performance, right? Um, it's super fast. It is definitely the fastest out of those three. The Pista's right there with it, um, but it feels cheap. Interior brakes, there's little things here that are quirky here and there. You know, and I'm giving you this opinion because I'd rather give you the full surface answer. The 488 Pista is a true, great, just, I mean, for a track car, it feels amazing. It is fast as shit. And I go lie to you. If I'm racing someone in a 720, I think I'd take them in the 488 because, you know, it's just a, it's a great car, man. It handles great. It's fast as shit too. And um, it's a fun car to drive. I prefer the 488 over all three of them. But when you're talking about a 911 Turbo S, you know, this is still a very fast car. You know, um, it drives super smooth and it seats four. Can't beat that. When I see it seats four, it's, it seats two kids. So, you know, that is the ultimate amazing daily driver. I love that car, right? Um, probably more so than my Plaid, but I know my Plaid is just so much faster. 
So that's where you're going to get, you know, the 911 Turbo S is not going to compete with those cars. But now on a daily basis, you're not going to get anything that comfortable and be able to hang with these other cars, you know, not necessarily, but how good your, your skills are, you know, you can fuck with anybody. And at the same time, you're going to have a dual purpose car, whereas the 488 piece does not be meant to be daily driven and it's, you know, you're going to fuck up the value of the car and everything else. 720S, man, I'm seeing cars with 25, 40,000 miles. People love them. They're, they're, there was a point in time where you're getting them for cheap. They were reselling for a really good price but they have a lot of little quirky things that fall apart. And again, it just feels real light in the ass and uh, fast as shit, scary as fuck. But yeah, thanks you, Brandon. I appreciate it. I've been seeing you. I know you're a super follower and you are a supporter. I appreciate you 100%. Hey, Ben, my name is Sufyan and I'm a fan of yours from Houston. So quick backstory, I've been an office manager for my my uncle's construction company for the past 10 years. I am now 30 years old, and I feel like I've been uh, feeling stagnant working here and burnt out. There is no growth for me here and just increased stress because I do a little bit of everything from managing payroll, insurance, bookkeeping, miscellaneous paperwork, etc. Even if I already get a raise, it is not worth the daily stress. My question is, how do I transition out of this job and uh, combat the stagnancy? Looking forward to hearing from you, and you should do a meet and greet next time you're in the H. Bro, why are you working for your uncle and going through this hell shit? You already know, man. You're probably getting, even if you're getting paid better, which sounds sounds like you are, than the people that work there, you're the dude he always counts on. Oh, man, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to call this dude into work. He's going to do this. He's going to stay extra later here and there. Boom. Fuck all that. Now, you know, um, it's a construction company. Construction is booming everywhere. Get 10 years, bro. Get your resume up. Start talking to some people. Talk to your fucking uncle's competition. It ain't that bad for you to do this. It's healthy, right? Make your uncle step up. Figure out and write down what ideally you want to do. And I think if you've been in construction for 10 years, there's a lot of money in construction. Figure out a position that you want to do. Figure out, if that means a general manager, whatever the fuck it is, Figure out what you'd like to get paid, what you feel like you deserve getting paid, and make sure that you stick to doing one thing. You don't need to be a fucking all-service, all-purpose employee. And I think you should maybe try to reach out to the competition without any shady shit and giving, like, I don't know, secrets about your uncle and shit. But you'd be surprised. People want to hire you, you know what I'm saying? And maybe make your uncle want to, you know, it might actually, look, it, it'll put some drama in there for a little bit, but it might actually, you know, like, you know, it might wake his ass up for treating you the way he does. And uh, it'd give you a different, you know, set of experience. And then from there, you know, maybe it's time for you to start your own construction company, bro. That's uh, the best advice I could give you. This is a uh, difficult ass name to pronounce. Amphonseeth um, Ankurasak. Hey, man, hope all is well with you and the family. Love the show. Could you get Timothy back on the show and give us some insight on what's happening in Russia and his thoughts on brands leaving Facebook, Instagram, McDonald's, and his feelings about Putin after endorsing him? Thanks, a loyal fan from Montreal, uh, Quebec, Canada. Oh, Fonz. Your name is Fonz. Okay. Um, Yeah. Actually, it's funny. Um, I got Timothy's number. You know, that's a fucking excellent idea. And I'm going to leave this question up. Um, I really wonder, you know, that's my boy. And he's obviously a very, very, he's one of the most famous people in all of Russia. I really want to know what the fuck he does think. Because he did, uh, you know, endorse Vlad and and a lot of shit's going on right now. That is a fucking great question. I'm going to reach out to him. No bullshit. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Severa from 
uh, the fuck? Good afternoon, sir. Mr. Severa from Edinburgh, Scotland here. Oh, amazing. From Scotland. Been a day one listener. Quadruple the size of my company through COVID and appreciate the distraction twice a week. Four questions. Have you been to Scotland before, Edinburgh? I have not, and I have not. You love golf now. We have some sick courses. The home of golf is St. Andrews, of course, and I do know the story. I've watched the greatest game ever played. Um, my boy, uh, Steve from Crab Protect, has asked me to go out there, definitely. Um, number two, how are you feeling about the time our kids are spending on Roblox? Uh, my kids, yours, are watching their activities, soccer, rugby, judo, basketball, etc., etc. They're gaming hard on the Roblox, and I'm feeling like it's time to limit it further. Not because I'm an asshole, but because I would rather they do watch movies and play thoughts. Um, you know what? Uh, you're, you're right. In this case, I think London might have a career in Roblox. That sounds crazy. We do try to limit it, and my wife has been limiting it, but he still plays an insane amount. And I think it makes him happy, so it's tough. But it's a problem amongst a lot of parents I've talked to across the world. It's crazy you're in Scotland you say this. Uh, number three, just made some serious money on my first Porsche, a 992 Targa uh, with the mega spec. I have a GT3 Touring coming in December to a uh, good spec. However, I just got a GT3 RS Two while having the touring comes in and I have fallen in love hard. It's insane good. Did you have a 991.2 GT3 RS? What did you think? Do you think you will get a GT uh, 992 GT3 RS? I had three GT3 RSs. Two were 991s and the last one was a 991.2. I did not drive it hard enough, but definitely knew the, the power was different because I got a GT2 RS immediately. So I'm talking, I had it for three days and I never even mentioned it. Um, so I can't say, love the car, fell in love with it. But you know what? It is a great car. It's fun. But where technology is now, it was so great for that time in 2016 and even 2017. And then I had 1.2 with the update in 18. But we're in 22 now and shit is a whole different story. Obviously, if you have a 992 GT3 right now, it's no joke. Now, do I think I'm going to get a 993 GT3 RS? I am 100% going to get one. I just have to figure that out because I've got into obviously a shit situation with my poor dealer, but I am going to get one. I'm going to figure it out and I'm definitely going to grab one. Uh, what do you think of the Senna GTR? It's funny you say that. I was thinking about this the other day and so when people are like, oh, you don't drive your car on the track and blah, blah, whatever. And, you know, my Senna is already such a fucking hard car to drive and it's a great. The once you're rolling and there's no traffic, it's, there's nothing. Imagine a GT3 RS with 900 horsepower. And that's what my Senna is, right? I have a, I have a thousand, but I'm just saying, just imagine how insane, you know, and the handling and everything. It's just fucking incredible. Now, a GTR, I couldn't fucking imagine it. It must be so much more of a fucking nightmare. And again, that car is not meant to be a street, you know, to be different on the streets. And I don't think it's actually legal on the streets in America. So anyways, congrats on everything. And uh, if I ever go to Scotland, definitely I'll be hitting you up. And I appreciate that we got BTB Army listeners all over the world. Uh, I'm going to do a couple more questions and we're going to go to, like I said, we're going to do the rest of them on um, the weekend wrap up. Hello, Ben. What advice can you give to a 20-year-old, 22-year-old who's being heavily pressured by his parents to finish college, but instead wants to take a chance on starting his own business? Thanks. And I hope to hear your response on the podcast. Alexander. Uh, Alexander, bro, listen, if you've listened to this podcast quite a bit, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of school. So fuck going to school and putting yourself in more debt 
The only question I have is, what business do you want to start? So you didn't, you didn't give me enough detail, but I, I'm not a fan of school and I'm not a fan of putting yourself in debt and not guaranteed a job. So, you know, um, I mean, do you have the money to start the job? I, you know, it, there's a lot of uh, variables, but uh, I did answer this on the show. Uh, Sam Graff writes, yo, love from Chicago. I am genuinely curious on what watches you still have in your personal collection. I know you said you don't really give a shit about wearing these luxury watch, luxurious watches as of recently, but I know you still have some tucked away. Um, I did have 47 watches when the pandemic began, and now I am down to eight fucking watches. Pretty fucking insane. I have a 5726 Patek Philippe Moon Phase Nautilus that is all blacked out. Um, that's pretty much almost my daily. Uh, I have a root beer GMT Rolex, which is one of my favorite watches. I would love to wear it on a daily. Um, I have a yellow gold rainbow Daytona Rolex, uh, obviously factory. Um, I have a white gold presidential, uh, Rolex. I have a white gold Rolex GMT special edition, um, diamond and sapphire, what else do I have here? Oh, I have my 5723 uh, Patek Philippe. Very rare. There's less than 20 in existence in the world. Baguette, champagne dial, not the, was is it the silver dial? I forgot. Um, so yeah, to, last but not least, I have a 5270 Patek Philippe Grand Complications. And I also have a Patek Philippe Aquanaut that I do not wear anymore, a Tiffany & Co. edition. Not the, um, you know, it doesn't have a Tiffany & Co., Aqua Blue, Tiffany Blue uh, dial. It's just an OG, you know what I'm saying? You could you go to Tiffany Co. They have Patek Philippe. You get watches there. And that's basically everything I got right now, man. It's kind of crazy. Now think about it. I, I don't have shit else. Um, good question though, man. David Marquez writes, what up, Ben? This is Kez, pronounced Kez from Fontana. My question is, would you ever consider having a BTB Army listener as a guest at the BTB podcast, like a special fan appreciation episode? If so, let me throw my name in that hat. Um, you know what? I mean, I've had, uh, you know, like Arya is a friend at the same time, you know, she's like an old person, but yeah, definitely. I just, I want to do it as a fan. It would have to be somebody that had an interesting job that I've never do, like maybe a fucking truck driver or something. I definitely would have somebody on the show who has, uh, again, you know, like an interesting career that's something that's not very common. Um, hey Ben, my name's Sam Hio, long time, uh, lifetime fan, sorry. My question to you is, if you had to start your same life all over again, but this time you could become a golf prodigy, but complete dog shit trash in basketball, football, would you take that deal? That means football college career would never happen. FYI, my father and I are beekeepers as a hobby and we harvest pure 100% raw honey at a residence. I'll send you a jar if you want. Uh, the honey sounds amazing. As far as um, the the golf basketball thing, you know, man, it kind of made my story right, like who I was, you know, playing ball and everything, right? And it would change everything. It would change the trajectory of where I went because I don't know if golf would have aligned with hip hop back then. So if I was able to keep everything else except in basketball, I'm shit, football, I'm shit. Knowing what I know now, yeah. I would take the golf. I would take it in, in a heartbeat. It wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even think twice about it. it, it as long as I get to keep my life. Um, BTB question. Stefan Swabi writes, Hey Ben, what are your thoughts on the Santos de Cartier stainless steel watch? Um, you know, the Santos is a, it, it's a respectable watch. I could never say anything really bad about Cartier. You know, I, I rocked Cartier for a long time. Um, I had a, a Santos 100. I had fucking... A tank francais. 
Um, I, I rocked Cartier watches growing up. You know, well, I'm saying not growing up, but when I started getting some money, I think it's a cool watch. You know, fits it. You know, we can't say anything bad about Cartier. It's not, I, I don't really, I mean, I like the Cartier skeletons now. I, I, you know, I just don't know if I can wear one now. Just, it's tough, but I like the watch, man. Definitely. Uh, Adriel Torres writes, what's up, man? What's good? Writing from Salt Lake City. Uh, been following you for a few years. And let me just say, you've changed my perspective on life and taught me many things I would have never known about if it wasn't for the show. Thank you. My question is, did you see Tops put diamond die cuts in their 2022 series one sets? Did they run this by you? I'm just asking because I've never seen diamond cards until yours. Um, it's funny you said that. I saw it at the premiere party and I said something about it then. I was like, yo, bro, this is a complete bite of what I do. Now, I took offense by it a little bit because they never never told me about this, but at the same time, it cracked me up because it, it made me proud. Like, look, I influenced a fucking, the leader in baseball cards, you know, the oldest baseball card company. So fucking, you know, their legendary brand and the fact that I know I had influence in that made me feel happy. Um, yeah, just fucking crazy. <laughs> Question from Jana Hardy Pison. Um, how do you handle your anger when it comes to your family or her things, um, or their things? Do you usually get mad in front of your family right away? Thanks, Ben. Love the podcast. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I have a really bad anger problem and tell you the truth. Um, I don't know if I've even mentioned this. Did I say this recently? I feel like something should be, you know, private, but I've actually started taking anger management classes because, um, you know, obviously my kids love me and they know that I mean well, but I'm an intense person. And, you know, when I get upset, I definitely say something. I've been definitely better about trying to tone it down. But, um, you know, uh, I need to handle my anger much better and, and a lot more um, softer than I have been in the last, you know, uh, nine years of being a dad and, and just my wife and everything. So, you know, um, taking anger management classes and... and it's uh, too early to say if it's helping, but I've definitely, you know, just to, for the sake of my, my marriage and everything, I've definitely had to tone it down a lot. Next question uh, from someone named Ta. Hello, Ben. My question to you is, have you ever been to Thailand before? If so, when are you coming to visit again? Lots of love. Ta Chindasuk. Um, I've been to Thailand twice. I have been to um, uh, Sri Panwa. It's fucking beautiful in Phuket. One of my boys is uh, from Thailand, lives there now. He's uh, from a very prominent family out there. Plus, you know, I got to get out there because my boy, man, Khan, from the, the group Titanium, um, I got to go see him. Definitely, though, love fucking Thailand. Uh, Crazy-ass area, crazy-ass language, man. Ong Bak is still one of my favorite fucking action movies, martial art movies ever, man. Much love to us. Dope that you're fucking, I got listeners all over the world. I love this shit. It's fucking amazing. Uh, John M. writes, yo, my name is John. I go by John's Film Roll on Instagram. I live in Sun Valley in SFV. Would like to know if I can pay you to be my mentor. Also, did you have a mentor in your life? If so, how did they impact your life? Can you pay me to be a mentor? No, you cannot. I appreciate it. Even if it was a lot of money, I don't have the time, man, to be someone's mentor right now. Um, I did have a mentor. Mr. Cartoon was definitely a big mentor in my life uh, in the most important times of my life. Other than that, I think that Dre was kind of a mentor. And Brian Turner, who I need to have on the podcast, you know, founder of Priority Records, um, big dog in the music business, definitely need to get him on. And uh, those are three guys I could name. Well, you know, more Brian and Mr. Cartoon that were big mentors of mine. All right, 
We got two more questions and I got to fucking do this shit. Another five, I do this, the rest of this shit later. Okay. Hello, Korean John Cusack. How do you balance desire and needs? Every time I save up for a big purchase, such as a car, anything of that nature, a part of me says, why do I need this? Should I save the money for my future instead? I'm a great saver and currently 21 years old from Wales in the United Kingdom. P.S. I just watched Scarface for the first time. What a film. <laughs> oh, and 21 years old. How much money could you have saved? I'm just curious. You know, no, no offense. You know, um, I don't know what it's like in, out there. I never thought about, you know, the UK, but do you have to pay for cash or anything? Is there a credit out there? Um, if you have credit and you could lease, if you've saved for it, why not use the money you save for things that you want to invest and do other things while you lease a car? You know, you could write it off. I don't know what the situation with taxes are out there, but that's what I would do, right? You know, I don't need to balance my desire and need. I mean, if I want something, you know, I go get it, but I don't need it. So I've been cutting down a lot, you know, um, saving money for your future. Sure, but you're fucking 21 years old. Go have fun. Go get your dick sucked in a fucking Aston Martin, bro. Good luck, man. And Scarface is fucking incredible. Last question, and I'm going to uh, finish the questions on the weekend wrap-up. Dear Ben Baller, uh, my name is Steven. Uh, what is your funniest memory you have with Takashi? I'm assuming you mean Murakami because I have another friend named Takashi. <laughs> I don't know if I can talk about this, man. Funniest memory with Takashi is... Uh, you know, he would tell me some very prominent names in the streetwear business in Japan, uh, crazy things that they would say, and um, damn, I don't know if I could say this, man, this is crazy, but Takashi is a, you know, I think Takashi, you know, is a, he definitely likes girls, dude definitely got his eye, you know, he's always friends with girls and stuff, and I wonder, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> Shit, man, it's really hard to say uh, this story on here. But there is a girl who is a big fan of Takashi's, and um, she had messaged me, and she's a really attractive girl. Like she has a lot of followers. She's verified. She's um, she's pretty. She's not just pretty, but she's like pretty. She's got crazy body. Come to find out, this chick is like a fucking super stalker, like psycho. And I'm out in Harajuku doing a photo shoot for fucking uh, um, ID or was it an interview. I forgot what magazine it was, but his photographer, RK, was shooting. And this chick showed up and Takashi had to have like his assistants like have this girl held back. And it was kind of crazy because they're not very strong people. They're just like chill people. And this chick was screaming in Japanese. I don't know what the fuck she was saying. And we're at these weird escalators in Harajuku. Right at the real, real super like you would know because I've, I've posted the pictures before. And... Um, it's like this crazy escalator and she's at the bottom and they're trying to hold her back and she's going fucking crazy. And still to this day, I think she like leaves comments here and there and whatever. It's just crazy. But she calls herself the side boo princess. So you can go Google that on Instagram somewhere. But fucking hilarious. It's just a random thing. I can't really get too much more deeper into the fucking story because I get uh, some people in trouble. But yo guys, that is it for fan questions. We're going to do the fam questions part two on Monday's episode. Yo, fucking amazing so this was the best set of questions i've ever had i'm still mind blown that that dude won the fucking dodge contest i can't fucking believe it uh we'll be right back y'all
what's up guys yeah man i didn't think we were going to really get that deep into this episode and it just ended up being crazy right i love you i know you guys love having the over hour episodes um especially those who have their drive and whatever and just want to listen to things and i know the last episode was real short and uh i think monday's episode would definitely be an hour and a half or something but uh, I really wanted to talk real quick about Jack Nicholas, right? He's one of the greatest golfers, if not the greatest golfer ever. And he, he said something about, you know, cancel culture. And um, he was really pissed off that they moved this uh, PGA tournament. Well, I think it was, was it a Masters? No, it wasn't a Masters. What the fuck am I talking about? It wasn't a major. But uh, the PGA tournament just got, they, they removed it from being one of the Trump's golf courses to another course. And they were saying, you know, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Is this, you know, like... Trump's past president. He obviously loves America, but more importantly, he loves golf. And and I thought about it. And I'm Trump's biggest fucking hater. You know that. I, Michael Rapport's definitely number one, and I'm the vice president of of the Dick Stain Donald uh, hate club. But taking it away from his golf courses is, is, I don't know, man. I think that's kind of corny. I think it's just fucking stupid. You know what I mean? He's definitely been involved in golf way before... Uh, you know, any of the presidency shit. So I don't know, fucking strange. You know what? Um, right before we get out of here, I'm gonna talk about the NBA real quick a little bit and talk about this, this show I've been watching. But um, it, it's a trip. I've taken, you know, I've gotten IVs before. And I can't say I've gotten a ton of them right. Obviously, you know, I had an IV when I got COVID. That was the last time I had one. And, you know, I have some friends of mine who drink, they party hard and um, they get IVs and it, and it helps them a lot. And I started talking to some other people who travel a lot and they needed the, you know, the, the hydration, the nutrients, and there's all this crazy ass shit, like these special things like um, uh, glutathione and, and stuff like that. And, and, and my wife was taking IVs and it really changed her life. And I met these guys, the Cure IV, this is not an ad, but I met these guys, the Cure IV, and um, it's pretty crazy. I mean, they're, I'm starting to get IVs now, and I'm going to get one like once a week. And I noticed a huge difference because I was really dehydrated. And, and it saved me from that last weekend because that last weekend was tough, last weekend with uh, with Netic's uh, funeral and stuff. And, um, you know, they wanted to give you guys a discount code, and the promo code is BALLER15. And on Instagram, they're at the Cure IV, one word. T-H-E-C-U-R-E-I-V. I just wanted to mention that because I'm using them now and, and um, I plan on using them at least once a week now. And it just, it just, it really has changed my life. This is for health. This is not some other old, you know, weirdo shit. This is, uh, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, you guys should take more serious. Um, I just started watching Lincoln Lawyer. And if you guys know me, that was one of my favorite movies ever. Now, the dude playing, you know, Matthew McConaughey's role, the attorney, I think he's good, but fuck, bro. Like, this dude barely speaks English. He has such a severe Spanish accent, you know, like, um, I don't know how the fuck he's playing, you know, um, what's my holler. How's he playing, like, this straight white dude or, you know, an American? It's just weird. But the show's definitely good. I love any kind of, you know, you know, gangster lawyers like that. So far, you know, a couple episodes in, it's definitely good. Obviously, new episode of Bosch tomorrow. Can't fuck, or two episodes. Can't wait to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, Lincoln Laura's good. Obviously we own the city. We own this city on HBO max is getting fucking crazy. It's good. Um, it's not Bosch, but it's fucking good. Now real quick to the NBA finals. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Conference semifinals. I'm sorry. Conference finals. My bad y'all. Jesus Christ. Um, look, Maverick shit the bed. I don't think that game is going to fucking determine anything to me. I feel like Jason Kidd is the fucking king of 
of fucking corrections and adjustments and fucking, you know, he's like, yo, J Kid, man, I'm telling you right now, dude, this dude has done all the unthinkables in every level. In high school, he did it in college, and Cal was nowhere near a contender and took him to the fucking Sweet 16. You know what I'm saying? Took him all the way there, you know, in pros. And now as a coach, this dude makes adjustments. He's, I don't know, man. Dallas is, is going to be some shit. You know, I just think that they had an off night. You know, they're playing away. I, I can't give them this guy. I think they're going to figure it out by game three, game four. And it won't be too late because these motherfuckers are doing their thing. Now, speaking of doing their thing, Miami did their thing. They washed the Celtics. You know, you got fucking, uh, what's his face out for fucking COVID protocols. You got the other dude hurt. I don't know, man. If the Celtics don't have everybody back, you know, how the fuck are they going to win? You know, and I don't want to see a fucking Miami GSW or a Miami fucking um, a Dallas. But you know what? Fuck it. It is what it is. You know, um, they definitely deserve to win. Jimmy Butler, you know, killed it. But, you know, it's game one. We'll see what the fuck happens. And you know what, guys? I want you to have a fucking great weekend. This was actually an excellent fucking episode. I can't wait to tell you guys all this shit about, um, you know, my fitting and all that stuff going on this crazy weekend with Ryder's birthday and all everything like that. So uh, Lakey Lake is here. Uh, not in the flesh, but I hear that music right now. And guys, please subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Just hit the subscribe button. It's not a big deal. You ain't got to listen to every episode, of which, although I, I love you too, but it helps us out a lot. All right. Us, meaning me, the Dust Brothers, a.k.a. Captain Picks. All right, guys, I will see you guys back on Monday for Fan Questions Part 2. What a fucking episode. I love you guys again, man. Yo, Lakey Lake, take us to the crib, fam. We're out of here. <laughs>